Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, IndyCar fans. This is Nathan Brown, the Motorsports Insider of the Indianapolis Star, here for a race week edition, an Indy 500 preview edition of IndyCar Weekly here, joined this week with two guests, uh, both members of Meyer Shank Racing. We've got the driver of the number 60 car, Jack Harvey, and his team owner, Mike Shank. Um, owner of or part owner of Meyer Shank Racing. So happy to have you both here on the program joining me this week. Um, where we'll fill everyone in. We're we're taping here on a, a Wednesday afternoon. Where are you guys uh, spending this part of the week leading up to tomorrow's media day and and getting ready for the 500? Yeah. Uh. So from the team side, from the team side, uh, lots of preparation. I, I went back to Columbus to the office to work in, in there, but uh, the guys have been here basically rebuilding the cars. You know, new motors, go through the gearboxes, uprights, axles. It's a pretty common march. Uh, also, by the way, they've been practicing pit stops for the last few days, um, just uh, over at the Andretti facility here in Indianapolis. So, you know, it's pretty. It's a pretty common template um, from what you know from what I've seen. Um, you know, hopefully tomorrow it's just a setup and a couple pictures and, uh, the boys can, uh, kind of start resting a little bit toward uh, carburation day. How about you, Jack? What have you been up to? You've been able to lay low after a, a busy, what was it? I guess six days straight on track and in the cockpit. Uh, yeah, mate, I had Monday was a pretty mellow day for me. Um, Got back in the gym, working out with my, with my trainer, and uh, just probably took a second to, you know, regather my thoughts, uh, you know, kind of process aspects of the week. But then, you know, Tuesday rolled in, and I was I was back at the track. I was doing um, different media events just to try and honestly interact and uh, connect with the community of Indianapolis, you know, because I think that's what's so cool about the Indy 500 and what it means to this community, you know, not just as a, as a city, but, you know, to the motorsport worldwide, uh, you know, base, uh, you know, to Indianapolis as well. And um, actually just on my way home from the track, you know, as I mentioned to you, just honestly trying to get ready for, for carb day. And, you know, the thing I would say is uh, last week is uh, very intense, you know, not just for drivers and engineers, but for all the mechanics everybody involved in the team so um you know when i saw the guys i was like look i've have one big push tonight get finished hopefully tomorrow tomorrow is a bit of a mellow day for them and you know we ramp up for the big one so um i think it's healthy that everyone just catches catches their breath you know take a take a minute relax we'll come back and hit it as hard as we can on uh, friday and sunday when we get into the you know the days leading up to the greatest spectacle in racing and the Indy 500 is this like does it just get to be where like the 500 is on your mind constantly is there ever a moment in the day the Monday Tuesday Wednesday uh you know leading into Sunday's race where you guys are ever able to kind of take a brain break of sorts and focus on anything else or is it really all consuming in in that way it's all consuming the whole, the whole all the time yes i agree as i was going to say especially like in may the only thing we think about is indy 500 and in truth it's what drives our off-season determination as well you know this this is a group of people who desperately want to win the indy 500 and 
when I say you catch a breather and you relax, it's pretty much okay, but you, you're doing that to get maximum performance on Sunday. You know, so it is very much on the forefront of the mind. Sure. Um, Mike, I know we've talked with Jack um, once here in the past couple episodes about some of his favorite moments in May. Um, I know it was initially where this team was born with your guys' debut there in the 2017 Indy 500 uh, as you guys were was just starting out at that point as an Indy 500-only team and began to grow in 2018 and 19 before turning into a, a full-season team. But what are some of your fondest or just maybe most vivid memories that stick with you, whether it's been in these last couple of years as you guys have, have had a team or even before uh, you and Jim Meyer were able to put this all together? Well, I, for me, actually, you know, there's, there's things from my youth, you're right. And when I was growing up and, and, and watching it on TV and listening to it on the radio, reading the Indianapolis star, honestly, we used to subscribe, we used to be able to get the papers mailed to us in Columbus. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get that for the month, but um, I think the, the, the most incredible moment I've had so far is when we had Jack in a position in 18, actually the second year, because of strategy, we were, we were one, yellow away from winning it that soon we were so close and that and i can tell you and i don't know how jack and he can tell you how he was feeling but the way i was feeling on the stand my heart was ready to come through my chest because we saw it all developing right and uh just the idea of having an opportunity to win this race is uh, like an adrenaline rush like you've just never felt before i know i think a Lots of people probably remember that race. It's a, a one that Will Power ended up taking. Ed Carpenter was close on him. But um, I know folks that are keyed in on the sport probably also remember it, as you mentioned, uh, as a race where you and I believe it was Stefan Wilson with Andretti Autosport were right there, as you mentioned, as, you know, if a, uh, you know, an errant yellow there in the last couple laps would have fallen your guys' way that you would have been able to pull it off. Can you kind of take me through either, you know, for either of you guys, kind of take me through what was, you know, what things aligned that that allowed you guys as a second-year team and just your fourth race of this team's history to be able to be in a spot to win the Indy 500? Uh, there was a, uh, we had pitted our second to last stop. We had pitted a little bit early and, uh, we just got lucky that there, a yellow came out after that, that allowed us to look at this option, right. That kind of set us up for this. Everyone had to pit and we were able to stay out and that's the difference. Right. And we knew when we stayed out that we needed another yellow, but we also knew we were going to gain a ton of track position. So we went from call it 17th or so to third. And on the, on, the, on the restart, Jack went second. And typically on those deals, someone in the back makes a mistake and we end up going yellow again, but it just didn't happen this time. Mm-hmm. So no regrets. We finished 16th, right where, kind of where we were running in line anyway. So, uh, you know, anytime we're, you know, south of P10 or something, you know, we're going to do some things to try to win the race. Sure. I mean, as you mentioned, it, it's not, it wasn't really something that, you know, that, that hurt in any way, I guess, to try, you were 17th, you end up finishing 16th. It just kind of seems looking back on it three years later, almost like a, like a no risk situation, especially for a team like yourself that at that time wasn't yet a a full-time program. And the, I imagine what an Indy 500 win could have done for a program like yourselves would have been, astronomical uh compared to you know say a, a team like team penske that that ended up winning that race uh, yeah i mean uh we've won some big races at our our team before but you know this is times four or times five so you know jack jack and i talk about it a lot the guys on the team we're constantly trying to make it better um you know, we did a lot in the off season to take more things off the table for question marks on things. Um, 
you know, we just, you know, and all of our partners, they all want it. You know, everyone pushed in the same direction. It's just, you know, we got two cars that two chances in 33 to win, you know, $2 million and go down in history. So those are pretty good odds, but it's still really difficult, really difficult to close that deal. Mm-hmm. For, for both of you guys, as we get here closer to Sunday, I know the, the racing, you know, on track action is something that we can all look forward to and is the, the central focus of this entire day. But are there some smaller parts, whether it's of like your own routine or the traditions that play out in the pre-race ceremony? Is there any part of the lead up to the race that's kind of like a moment that you either look forward to or kind of a, a, a check-in moment with yourself personally where the enormity and the importance of this day really begins to set in? Go ahead, Jack. I can't think of like one standout thing other than everything. You know, <laughs> to me, you know, this week there isn't that much on track until Friday on Carb Day. Um, and I've seen, you know, mine and Michael's schedule from Friday morning to Sunday evening and you know, it's busy. You know, it's really busy and but that's the that's the thrill, you know, of the Indy five hundred. That's why we wanna be here, you know, we want to be in the hustle and the bustle. You know, we're all really excited that fans not all of them, but you know, very good amount of them uh, are coming back to the track. You know, we want to interact with people. We're really excited that our partners, you know, in Alternation, Sirius XM and others, you know, are coming to support us at the track. And that's, this is the moment that we spend all year, you know, and, and live for. And, you know, Sunday night, I was ready for a break, you know, like just one day away from the track. Now I've had that, I feel recharged, I'm ready to go. And, you know, from when we finish uh, carb day, so when we finish the race, it's like wham, bam, and done. And then we'll spend the next 11 months thinking how we're going to be better at next year's Indy 500. So I would say if I was going to pinpoint one thing, uh, I like the driver introductions. I think that's really cool when you get a chance to actually look out and just see how many people the Indianapolis Motor Speedway holds because if you've been there on like a pretty gloomy test day like I'm sure we all have at some point uh it's this massive place and then come race day you feel like you're surrounded by you know this year 130 140,000 of your closest friends on a normal year double that number so um I love the hustle and the bustle of it mate you know this is what we live for when do when do the the nerves set in or is it is it like right when you wake up or are you already feeling it say like friday and saturday or is there like a moment for both of you as a a team co-owner and a driver where like the actual nerves of trying to perform for this race start to set in i think for me you know, Sunday morning, you know, is the time, uh, you know, you wake up and it's race day, you know, no more excuses, you know, no more, no more, no more amount of prep is going to help you at that point. Obviously we do our strategy meeting and, you know, we'll try and be as prepared as possible. But, uh, you know, Sunday, Sunday's the day, mate, that is the day we spend all year working for. And, um, a lot of pressure, obviously, you know, as Michael already said, not only do we want to win as a team, our partners want to win, you know, as, uh, as sponsors, as supporters, as fans, you know, what it means for them and their companies. Um, oh, we welcome the pressure. You know, one thing I've always really admired about everyone at My Shank Racing is we've never been in, in any disillusions that this is the result. You know, and we get them results for, you know, selfishly ourselves. Uh, but we want to get them for everyone we work with and make them proud and show them that their support and trust and faith in us was justified and to me that there's, there's two moments actually it's pretty much Sunday morning and it's when we stay at the track Saturday night and it's calm and it's really peaceful and you know that it's just not going to be like that tomorrow that's when I'm like oh okay like, 
that last little bit of calm is uh, almost gives you like the, some nerves. But um, yeah, we just love it. Do you guys have like uh, like superstitions with like eating the same thing for breakfast that morning no. or anything that you guys do anything like that? No. I'm only speaking for myself. I, I'm not even superstitious one bit. Okay. Not on anything. How about you, Mike? Uh, you know, I'm, it, I'm not. I don't walk under a ladder. That's about all I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Fair enough. Uh, a, a, a propped up ladder, but uh, you know, we we all have. You know, it, it, for me, it's just the greatest part is the military exercising at the beginning. The, the the taps deal is awesome. It just blows me away every time. The flyover is awesome. Uh, I, I appreciate all the military stuff, like times ten, right? Um, so that part's really good. Uh, the nerves, you know, I, you know, Jack handles nerves really well. Actually, he internalizes, I think, a little bit, and I can tell when he's going in that place. But you know, the helmet comes on for him. It, you know, it's back to work we go, and it's. It, I think it's like any stick and ball sport. You know, you you got the nerves because everyone wants to perform well, but. You know, we got we have Jack, and then we have the car mechanically, the crew on the pit stops, and then there's. So many things, and and we're all human, so we mess up once in a while, you know. So, um, and Jack and Jack's had that a couple a couple times this year on our side of things. So, you know, we we want to be perfect, and we're when we're we're doing everything in our power to be perfect. I was just thinking to myself, you know, we've been recording here for about fifteen minutes, and it's amazing that haven't even gotten a chance to touch on the uh, three-time Indy five hundred champion that you guys brought in this offseason in Elio Castroneves. Uh, I know that's it's one of those really intriguing storylines going into this race on what Elio is going to be like, uh, you know, not racing for, for Team Penske for the first time in his career here at the 500s where he really helped make his name and cement his legacy. But I know that uh, you know, this opportunity from from talking to him, I can tell this opportunity with you guys entering 2021 is something that really has him reinvigorated and and kind of has, I, I think, maybe in lots of ways added on some some life, not only into his racing career, but just has him feeling and sounding and, and looking like this young, energetic, uh, maybe like 25 year old version of himself. What what has he added to the, whether it's the atmosphere in the garage or the intellect in your guys's uh, debrief meetings? What, what has it been like to spend a, a couple weeks closely working with a, a three-time 500 champion like himself? Um, Elio was a well thought out plan that Jack was a part of to bring onto this team. Wouldn't you agree, Jack? Um, uh, definitely. And we did that for this place specifically. I mean, Elliot was a great driver in every regard, right? But this place, he really knows this place. And it, it shows in practice and the open test here. It shows, you know, and we wanted some of that. To, what, what could we do to help Jack? or Jack's program, or is there any insight that he can help? I mean, we were willing to take whatever it took for the 60 car to have success, and we felt Elio did that for us. And so far, so good, you know? And uh, there are going to be times, especially on some of the road courses, that Jack will help Elio, and that's that's good, too. And we want that, right? Uh, here is a tricky, tricky place. You know, Jack is – I was just so pleased on how well Jack ran at Texas, which is a tricky – whole nother animal uh but india is a, a combination of pressure and um expectations that produces a big diamond right <laughs> uh we have to figure out a way to manage that and elio is a piece of that for us I don't, I don't know if you agree or not jack yeah i mean i think one of the biggest things with with having him here is he he has the answer to the question that we ask ourselves right now and it's what does it take to win the indy 500 he knows that because he's done it. Not only has he done it once, he's done it three times. And, as, you know, everyone sees how charismatic he is and 
you know, his positivity and, you know, the, the good energy that is around him, of which when you're around him, you want to be more around him. He has that, you know, personality that you get to know him a little, you want to get to know him a lot. And then you have the very serious, very um, competitive side of, of him, which is what makes him such an incredible race car driver. And I feel like this month from the open test on things I've learned from Elio is he really understands the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So I've been trying to pick his brain on, you know, the setup direction that, you know, he has gone, uh, you know, why he's gone that way, but also his conviction in telling the team when it's not good, you know, in a, in a nice way, you know, I mean, I've never, I've never seen him come in and, you know, throwing toys out the pram or anything like, nothing like that. He's the ultra professional, but it has been really nice watching him lead a team at Indy and just being around him, picking his brain, trying to be a sponge. Um, it's just been such an incredible experience because I know we talk about it a lot and I, I still don't know what the appropriate word is to call the uh, Andre Autosport guys. I, maybe not teammates, pseudo teammates, you know, we, we kind of coexist. Like, I don't know what the word is for that. Elio is my teammate, period. There's, there's no other word for it. And I have so enjoyed watching him work and just trying to really absorb as much as I can from him. I thought maybe we had a little bit of a quicker qualifying car and, you know, obviously didn't get to show it with the, um, with a tire and, and whatnot. But I, I mean, he's, he's looking in really good shape, I think for the race. I think we still on the 60 have a little work to do, you know, to really find like our happy zone. But, you know, I, I've been chatting to him this week about, you know, at what point do we just go, yep, yeah, that's the car. Just, you know, now it's down to me just to drive it. Um, I mean, and what better person to tell you just just get in and drive at this point than a three-time winner? So um, I, I would not want to understate that Elio has just been everything that you hope that someone of his caliber would be, in my opinion. How does he fit in? Because, like, to this team in a... I'm, I'm trying to think of the right word here, like... Jack, you're the full-time driver of this team, and I know you know Mike was was talking about how the the idea of bringing in this second part you know part-time driver not only was you know part of the the goal of a dent uh, you know eventually building this to be a multi-car program, but you would hope that that person that you bring in is going to ultimately help the full-season driver, and I'm curious to know how he's, you know, evolved from being, you know, the the leader of a program like Team Penske to trying to marry the idea of still being a leader in some way with his experience, but also maybe in some ways taking a bit of a backseat at times because Jack, of course, is the, the full season driver of this team and has been with the, the team now for uh, for its fifth season. Uh, listen, Elio is a real pro. He knows he can't be a bowl in a china shop when he comes at a new team. He knows. It. He's been at Penske forever, but he drove for us in 2007. You know, you, when you come into a situation, you have to you have to deliver news sometimes delicately, and, and, or maybe that's not the best word. You know, sensibly maybe a better word. Okay, uh, because you don't want to come in there and tell everybody their job, right? And, uh, Jack, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he is flexed his knowledge when he needs to and, and kind of listens when he does it. Would you agree, Jack? Totally. I, I would, mate. Yeah, so, I totally agree with that. Yeah, so I think he's managed it very well compared to how some people will. Uh, you know, he's Rogers a long time, for 20 years. You know, we're proud to have him, you know. And, and, I, and I, by the way, I think Rogers happy that he's got a good gig, you know. Mm-hmm. And I know he's. He said something to that effect. Looks like you're, you know, looks like you're strong, Elio, or, you know, he's watching. So, um, listen, we we're we're glad to have him, and you uh, look forward to seeing how this race and the rest of the year goes. Do I think you... one thing I would add to that: what's been what's been really cool 
for a guy who's been a part of, a, you know, one of the biggest teams for the longest time, is how immersed and committed to our team I feel like Elio is. You know, he came out, he's been at every race this year, everyone that he's not raced at, to, you know, support the team, to support me, Michael, offer his guidance where he can, offer it when he's asked as well. And that has been one of the coolest things, is seeing him be so immersed in his intentions for the, for this race team. What, that's, a good, um, that's a good point, Jack. It's a good point. He's come to every race we've done this year mm-hmm. and, um, and always is willing to give us advice or not or listen or not. And uh, I think that's a great point, Jack, actually. I know it's something that has been going on for him now for some time, but do you guys sense the the weight at all of the prospect of him getting his um, record tying fourth Indy 500 win, or is that something that you feel like because it's been, it's been something he's been dealing with every single 500 since the the one in 2010? That's not something that really anyone other than him can notice is is at all on his mind. I hope we stop him from doing it and we get our first win. And the <laughs> That's <is> true. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean. That'd be a question for two other drivers who either want to get their first wins or add to their own tally. Um, you know, in, in the nicest way, I, I would be, if we can't win the race, I would be absolutely thrilled for Elio to do it for himself, for this team. I think everybody at my Shang Racing would deserve it. Um, and naturally, I want to be the one to do it. If it's not me, I want it to be Elio. Um, I hope we nicely delay that for him in the kindest possible way. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, you know... He just wants to see one of us win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we rarely talk about the, the, the fourth, that fourth thing, to be honest with you. It, it would be nice, of course, but, you know, we're just... We're, we're all just trying to keep the best people in the on our cars, keep them together, keep them fast, and focus on that. The, the finishes will take care of themselves where they're supposed to, and uh, that's that's what Jack needs me to do, and the guys, and um, you know, we we want Jack's first win as bad as anybody, right? And uh, if it, and, and I hope to God it's here, and we're going to push as hard as we can to make it here. So mm-hmm. that's about it. Does it seem like? I mean, I was I was just thinking about this earlier today. It seems like of all of the folks that were in the Fast Nine, and, and it's weird to say this about a three-time champion uh, who is still thriving in his mid mid forties, but it almost seems like he's turned into this like dark horse contender in some ways. Like we ha- we haven't heard a lot about Elio it seems like he's almost kind of like flying under the radar I know you mentioned to me off pod before we got going that he feels like he's super confident in his race car um he you know he goes and and puts the car in the fast nine ends up starting eighth do you feel like you know he's maybe hasn't gotten even as as much respect as he maybe deserves coming into this race as a, a three-time champ and someone who's still able to, to put it in the fast nine with a brand new team. Um, I guess the thing, I think both of our cars are very good race cars right now. Um, I think if you watch that practice session after the fast nine, you'll, you would see both our cars at the front of the pack trading back and forth. That's what we want to see. Uh, I, I can say that both our drivers are very confident right now. If they're under the radar, they're under the radar. I, I don't know the answer to that completely, but um, they shouldn't be overlooked. I promise you that. Sure. Um, let's talk a little bit about this past weekend. I know it was uh, one that came in with a lot of promise. It was, you know, on one hand, you guys were able to put a, a car in the fast nine, and and on the other hand, it was a a really weird one after the first round of qualifying efforts uh, with a, a really fluky uh, tire situation there in the right rear. Jack, you were sitting 35th out of 35 cars, certainly not uh, 
by any fault of, of your own from what it seems like. It almost seems in some ways amazing that you were able to complete a four-lap run at 225 with that tire, given how it looked like at the very end of it. Take us through kind of how all of that unfolded and what the, the car felt like. I know we heard heard what the car sounded like um, coming around IMS, and it certainly you could even tell from being in the media center or sitting in the grandstands that something was a little off um, before you, you finish those four laps. Yeah. I mean, I think everything up to actually taking the green flag was, you know, very smooth. Uh, you know, no, no issues, anything like that. Uh, came out of the exit of, of one, uh, then just noticed honestly that we had picked up some vibration. Um, you know, it's such a, it's such a tough one, mate. You know, you look back and, Probably there's some things that we could do differently, but only in reaction to what happened. And what happened, I think, is extremely unusual for for Firestone. Uh, I don't think they've ever seen a tire like that before. So um, it's kind of tough because there's no no immediate answer as to why it happened, you know. And then after that, we could try and dissect, you know, what to. Uh, what to do better on our side? I mean, the only thing we really could have, I think, done better was, you know, and this is only potentially, you could have maybe have pit sooner, got the car cooled off a bit more than gone back out, you know, slightly in better shape. But, um, you know, I, I certainly wasn't worried about getting getting bumped. I knew that we, we had shown very, very good speed uh, already that day in the in the pre-qualifying uh, pre warm-up. Um I thought everyone on the team really handled it very well. Um, you know, we have been on the wrong end of a few things this year already, and then you happen to get something like that. And, you know, what people need to remember is, you know, we're all constantly trying to, you know, go out and perform the best we can. And it sucks to have been qualifying because, I, you know, I felt like the 60 car had a good a good shot of the fast nine as well. Um you know, at the end of the day, as soon as we had that issue, I think the focus just turned into let's make the race. You know, because if we, if you're one of the 33, you you always got a chance. Um, but I thought the team did very well in in staying calm in what is, in my opinion, the most stressful part of the year. You know, you're at the end of a long week in the most important moment that we've had to deal with at at that point. Um, at no point was I worried, you know, about the team. You know, I I just wasn't. I just knew we were going to put another set of tyres on and go again. And uh, you know, I'm 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 not I'm not critical of Firestone. Those things happen in racing. You know, I mean, you think about how many thousands and thousands of tyres are fine this month alone. We happen to have one that wasn't uh, wasn't good. After that, we we reset all. We all reset very well. You know, we shook it off. We went and parked it in P20, and um, you know that was that was kind of our day, and much much more stressful at the time. I can promise you. But looking back on it now, I'm 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 happy the car came back in one piece. I'm happy we made the race because they would. That is the most important thing. Like Michael said, I think we've got a a good race car. Uh, you know, we're obviously going to use Carb Day wisely and try and just elevate it just a little bit more if we can. And after that, we're going to go and try and win the 105th running of the Indy 500. Is there any part of you when you've had something so out of the blue, unusual, that has put yourself in in last out of the first round of qualifying, is there any part of you that starts to worry that something weird could continue to, I mean, obviously not connected to this one lone tire because you're not sure. dealing with it anymore, but in a week, in a weekend where something so small as you've already seen that one time can, can completely ruin a run and knowing how tight this, um, this field is and the, with the rising temperatures that afternoon, knowing how difficult it was for teams to continue to put up, uh, runs that were even better than the first time they were out there. I mean, was there any part of you that sure. worried that you were going to have to, 
you know, maybe you end and maybe you improve things and get to say 31st, but you still have that stress over your guys' head going into Sunday. I think, you know, we're all human, you know, firstly, and you, you quite have, you quickly have to process some of those fears. And the first one that jumps out is we just need to make the race. Uh, that being said, we've been so good in quality trim up to that point. No, I didn't, I didn't believe that we were in danger of not making the race. That being said, I think we all have so much respect for the Indy 500, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, that you are never going into a qualifying session very blasé, just expecting it. We, that's why we went out. I had total confidence in the guys that the car was going to be good and fine, and, but we still had to execute, you know, and I didn't, I didn't believe there was anything that we had done to affect that tyre because it, wasn't, it hadn't shown its head before. Um, you know, I was confident just to put another set of Firestones on and um, let it go. I mean, you know, looking back, of course you acknowledge that, you know, we're in a bit of trouble now because either we're under pressure just to make the race and or we're maybe not going to have the chance to show our, our true potential. And, um, yeah, there's a lot to process, but I, I personally didn't feel like we are in danger of not making it, you know, Michael never gave me any indication that he was worried about it. And in that, in that moment as a team, I think you, you drive each other, no pun, uh, you drive each other there. And me and Michael have a great relationship in the times where he's like, no, I mean, you can do this. Like I know what that time you can do. And maybe it's a bit more, uh, a bit better than what I think we can do. And then we go out and do it. And, you know, he gives me that confidence and hopefully I give it to him. And I think together, we stayed very calm and we knew we were going to get it done, but um, there's a lot of feelings that you have to process quickly and then just put them aside. Mm-hmm. When... I, I have some, I have some regret. I mean, I, I shouldn't have left them out there for two reasons. I get very anxious when, as the heat rises, like I, it's a real anxious moment for me. Uh, you know, so as we're, we already got a late draw 26 out of 35, I'm already anxious there. I know that our car is a little bit better in the cool weather, balance-wise, so I'm anxious there. And then the the problem happens, and I regret not bringing them in because I, I, I put things in danger there that I know better then. So I've learned a lesson off of that. And on top of that, we could have had more time to cool the car off. Um, but never did I feel like – I knew we had a really fast car. I, not making the race, I knew we could get – Whatever time of day we can go in and we can get four good laps in, and we'll make the race. It's just I'm anxious because I know the potential. I know that he could have been in the top nine. Um, not saying we're the fastest car, but the two team cars are built so similar. I, I know what we have there, and so I get real anxious as that temp comes up. It's just I don't know. It's this anxiety that builds because I know that the, the toll keeper is is, is gonna going to take us make us less competitive the longer we wait so uh, that's the only thing I, I shouldn't have put him in a position at the end of that thing to be running around that track with those tires that tire that day and and i and i've told him that personally you know that i shouldn't have done that so mm-hmm. with that firestone issue i mean is it something because it's so rare that it's almost impossible for either them or you especially in such a an abbreviated time window to really figure out what happened because it's just not anything that they or you are accustomed to happening to a tire like that and there's maybe not really like a great time window that they can you know try to you know run on a i mean it's not like you guys were doing anything abnormal with so with the tire so i i I guess i would assume that there's not really a way to necessarily figure out exactly what happens to that uh, at least at this point so far yeah, there's no way we were going to know. Once we saw there was nothing wrong with the car, they needed to take the tire back and cut it open and have a good look at it to see what they know. No, I don't. I, I couldn't honestly tell you. I don't have a definitive answer as of today. I uh, don't even know if I'd be allowed to share with it if I did. Sure. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we just had to get on with it. Jack's right. We just, you know, we rolled the car back. IndyCar acknowledged the issue. They, they gave us a, some parameters we had to live with, which we did, and we ran again. Um, 
and it, and it, it kind of all worked out. When you guys are starting this race now in 20th, uh, I know a big topic of conversation leading up to this year's race starting with practice on Tuesday was how these got, how these cars this year perform not only in traffic and being able to you know get up as as close as possible to the car in front of you uh, and handle particularly well but also in cars abilities to make passes while in traffic we have had we've seen some of those changes uh on the aero specifications and options that you guys have been given to use for this year's 500 uh, what what have you guys experienced both with you on track jack and what have you noticed mike coming into this weekend about uh how much maybe either easy or 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 not so uh it is to is it is hopefully going to be able to be to pass in this race come sunday Go ahead, Michael. No. Um, uh, I don't know. I feel Go like ahead. actually, I feel like there's actually going to be a, maybe a little more overtaking. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if there's going to be what there was in 2017, you know, when we had that style of car. I think you're going to see the field maybe just collectively be a little closer together. Um, you know, I think the discrepancy in a lot of the cars now is very, very minor. And I think it could be, you know, sadly still a little processional, but I think IndyCar obviously worked as hard as they can in all the areas that they could to give the teams more options, you know, different parts to try and test and go through to obviously make the racing a little bit more, uh, you know, fun and exciting. That being said, what normally happens is all the teams find the thing that works the best keeps an eye out on what the other teams are doing throughout the month and week, and then usually gravitate to something that's all very similar. So it's like a game of cat and mouse again, where most people all find the things that work very well, put them on the car, and it still stays a processional race. It's just maybe a little quicker or not as stretched out. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I, I do I agree with actually everything Jack said. I think there will be a bit more passing. I agree that IndyCar has done everything in their power. They've, they've created a monster a little bit because these cars are all so equal that teams that, you know, almost all the teams can compete for a, a win or a, a big score, you know. And so that's the curse, right? To do that, you, you know, to make them all fairly standard, you get kind of this sometimes. But I appreciate the efforts that Jay and his group, technical group, are trying for sure. Uh, and I think as the sport goes and grows the next couple of years, they'll they'll figure out some things. But I certainly have seen some more passing, um, definitely more than last couple of years anyways. And, uh, yeah, we'll see. What does the – I'm always curious to hear what folks feel like this race is, is like when you're actually competing in it. Because I know, you know, when you talk to some fans, some fans feel like it – because it is 500 miles and it takes, you know, close to three hours that it, it feels like it takes quite a while. It, and I, but I remember like my first 500 in the, the media center covering it last year, just with the, the speed of everything going on, it seemed like it happened in from start to finish almost in a flash. What is the, the actual race like for you guys? Do things slow down because of how much you guys are focused or does it all seem like it just kind of breezes by in some way? Go ahead, Jack. I have never felt like the Indy 500 just breezes by. Um, I feel like you're very much in the thick of it all the time. Uh, I, I would say maybe the only time I actually felt like you got to just enjoy just the, the sheer driving was actually those probably final three laps in 18 you know when we came back out uh we weren't really fighting for anything extra at that point i was just flat and enjoying honestly just the privilege that we get to even be a part of the race after that you are always always battling for something right and if it's just to hold position maybe save fuel it's then coming into the pits you know making sure that 
as you exit turn four that you stop before the pit lane speed limiter uh, in the most little amount of time without getting a penalty. Obviously, we want the guys on the pit lane to have a good day and we want to have a great warm-up lap. Uh, and there's just so, so many things. And because it's a long race, naturally, we just have a lot more pit stops. So there's always, there's always something else coming and brewing and um you know i think my experience the 500 or so far is you know it's nice to have the reminder that it is a long race you know and when you are in the thick of it if, if one thing doesn't go perfectly that there's normally time to uh you know recover some but um it's a it's a three-hour sprint race i feel like in on the whole it's uh you finish that day and you know, you look back and go, well, I think two would have been a bit better that maybe we could have been here and that would have been a knock-on effect of whatever. But, um, I, I, yeah, I, I certainly have never felt like it was a uh, a very drawn-out race. I feel like I, I give it maximum focus from, you know, the time we go green to uh, to the checkered flag, maybe minus three laps in 18. Um, right at the end of the race there, we just wanted to bring the car home in one piece. You know, after we rolled the dice, it didn't work, but uh, that's probably the most mellow laps at India I've ever driven. Sure. You guys managed to finish ninth last year in the 500. Um, I think it was, if I remember right, Jack uh, and the team's first top 10 there since you guys started in 2017. I know the goal, obviously, is to win this race, uh, but... If you guys were, you know, with either car to not come away with a win, what would you guys still consider to be um, a, a really solid performance that you guys would be happy going home with if it didn't involve putting one of your drivers, Mike, on the side of the, the Borg Warner Trophy? Um, anywhere a six or P6 or better is a good target, I think a big points race for Jack and us and the 60 car. So anything around there, uh, you know, would, wouldn't be the end of the world, but certainly not what we're thinking about right now. So, sure. Sure. Um, does this, I'm curious with, with Elio, um, do when you, when you have a second car, Mike, is this month or i mean i guess it's these last couple weeks have these last couple weeks like have you felt twice as busy or has it been um more difficult maybe just kind of take me through what this time you know adding a, a second car to your program has been like compared to the last four maze that you've been a part of this race the two car thing started way back you know last september uh, and that in, in October kind of thing. And it, and it's been a lot. It's, you know, getting, getting, uh, Elio's car to match what Jack has took a lot, a massive effort of time and money. And of course the people, which are the most important thing, getting, trying to get the right people lined up in the right positions on what we can afford with the budget has been very stressful. And, you know, we had a bunch of races here before the Indy 500 for Jack that we've been, um, working very hard to get better results at and and you know it's coming our it's slowly coming our way with that so it's been a pretty stressful kind of since we were here for the indie open test it's been kind of compacted and stressful and we knew it would be though we saw this target on the calendar we knew it was going to be a pain in the ass and tough and you know but we set ever all the expectations we gave everybody work schedules exactly when they'd be on exactly when they'd be off the goals that we need to get with these cars and the equipment. And we achieved most of them, if not all of them. So, um, and not insurmountable, but for me, you know, Adam Rovizzini uh, really runs this, you know, program. He's kind of the, the lead guy on both programs now, competition director is his title. And uh, he oversees both cars and he talks to Elio and I talk to Jack on the radios. But, you know, it's been Adam's responsibility to make sure these cars are at the same par level, which they are, par, P-A-R, and also, you know, that we have spares uh, ready uh, to go. And um, it's been a big job for Adam uh, because I haven't given, you know, we, we don't have the, the, you know, gigantic budget. We, we still have to be fiscal, fiscally responsible. So um, definitely some stressful challenges in the last, you know, two months anyway. When all of that, um, when you consider all of that, I know a big part of, the end of last year 
for you guys was not only the announcement of adding Elio into the fold for a partial season program, but um, ab- adding Liberty Media Group uh, into into the Meyer Shank Racing family. How has uh, you know whether it's their their financial investment or or otherwise their involvement with this with this program uh, made a, an impact on you guys since last October when that got announced. Uh, you know, really, I mean, yes, there's some financial, you know, input from them, but, you know, it's just a huge vote of confidence that what we're doing here at MSR is going the right direction that I, that a company of their nature would be interested in being involved with us and Jim Meyer, you know, Jim, you know, Jack and I talked about this recently, he and I would not be racing IndyCar without Jim Meyer right now. And that's just the bottom line. And, uh, Jim has done nothing but try to make this team better every step of the way and get us the resources that we need to, to go forward. And also the advice. Um, I've never met another guy like him. He's just so phenomenal in a boardroom setting or in a meeting setting or a relationship setting. There's no one better on the planet that I know of. And, uh, and a lot of people at Sirius XM would tell you the same thing or Liberty media. So, uh, we, we want to do well for them. We want to make their investment uh, worth something. And uh, we will do that uh, at some point in the very near future here. So uh, we had a bunch of news that came out in October of last year that, to talk about all these kind of cool things that we're doing. And uh, they're a major part of it. And, and we'll have uh, a four or five people from Liberty at the race this Sunday, which we're, we're you know, we're looking forward to, to hosting. Cool. Will that be uh, some of their first opportunities to come to the 500 and, and experience it in person? No, they, they've been here before. Um, okay. It, it's it's no secret that Liberty Media, you know, was involved in wanting to be involved in IndyCar racing for a while now. So uh, they've been here. They know it. They know it well. And um, uh, but, you know, it's the first time this year uh, Liberty folks came to Rolex 24, uh, which was awesome. And then this will be the next time they've been out. So they get a taste of, it. you know, MSR is involved on the on both forms of racing there. So. Uh, we're excited to have them out. We're going to show them what we're about. They, they, they are very in tune with what we're doing. They know what's going on. And, um, yeah, we're just, uh, we're lucky to have them. Mm-hmm. And my last question for you both, probably before we, uh, um, finish things up here, I know you guys have, have had a couple of really solid race results so far this season, and we're incredibly close to a couple more, had a, a couple things, uh, you know, whether it was in the pits or with the part at Texas, gone your guys' way. As a as a driver, Jack, and as a as a team owner, um, how does the team feel going into Sunday where, you know, we have a, a race where you just not only have to have some luck on your side, but you just have to have everything completely buttoned up um, from a driving side to a um, an engineer's side to, uh, you know, pit stop crews side and, and everything in between. Um, listen, the last two things that have happened to us at Texas number two and the grand prix had nothing to do with Jack. Jack did everything we asked them that he does, could do. We have to be better as a team. And I've acknowledged that to lots of media folks, you know, and we will. And uh, all I, I can ask is that Jack keeps his intensity up, which there's no question that he will. Um, he and I want to continue together for a while, as long as we can. So we need to get these results, but we, we have to do it together. And uh, we will. And uh, I, it was, I haven't had that much of a bone crushing disappointment when that wheel gun failed at the at the at the grand prix and it's it's mostly because every single thing that needed to happen happened for us to win that race Mm -hmm. and we did have luck we actually had luck that weekend and uh something outside of jack's orbit took us out of it you know and so that doesn't feel good to me or anybody on my team and it shouldn't um so that's really it 
beyond that, do you guys feel at the same time for both of you guys, does this may from a competition standpoint from, you know, where, how, how you feel like this car uh, is performing in traffic, what the, the atmosphere like is like around the team, does this feel like a, a different may or a, a better may or a, a more promising may than the four that you guys have experienced together in the past? Without doubt for me, the answer to that is yes. <clears throat> it's a team that is growing, grown, uh, you know, and still yet to totally hit our potential, um, which is all very exciting. You know, some of the biggest conversations for as much as they they sting and they hurt at the time, what, what has happened now is, I feel like, between Michael and Jim, have put in solutions to try and prevent them happening, uh, which is all we can do. And, you know, frankly, it's in the past. You know, at this point, we we reset, we go again, we address it, and we hope it doesn't rear its head. After that, it's it's so incredibly competitive right now. Us having bad luck is just with a magnifying glass hovered over it. And, you know, it might not even be bad luck. It just maybe not isn't fortunate. Um, but I can tell you, every single member on our team was hurting after Texas, after Indy, nobody nobody wants to feel that. Uh, and for how we have all grown together, I think we feel it even stronger because we have been together from the start. And, you know, I so badly want to get a win for this team. And, you know, I feel that the team so badly want to get me a win and we can all celebrate and continue in the best possible way. And I think the thing I've always admired about Michael and Jim is the transparency that we have, I have with, with them, um, you know, on where we're at, where, where we hope to go, uh, you know, together and our objectives and our belief in each other are very much in line. Uh, certainly that's always the feeling that I've, that I've had, uh, that hasn't changed. It hasn't wavered. Um, I saw all the guys today and, Honestly, I went yesterday just to check in on the guys. You know, that was the only reason I went to the track yesterday um, to make sure that they still believe it, you know, that they know that I totally believe in them and that maybe we've had some bad stuff, but we also have been in position to win the race. And if we'd have had the bad stuff and we weren't even in position to win and we were still battling for mid-pack, well, that would be a whole different story. And the only thing I really just begged all the guys is let's just keep being in position, you know, and if we have a bit more bad luck, then you know what? We still have a pretty awesome life. You know, we're going to go and give it at 110%, of course. And the, the only time I know it won't work out is if we stop putting ourselves in position to try and win one of these races. After that, and by the know, way, kidding. Okay. By, by the way, there's no team that celebrates better than the team. So we want to celebrate. <laughs> I promise you that. <laughs> yeah, Mike, Mike was having a drink on his dive parts before, so I would love to do that in India on Sunday. That would be awesome. But this yeah. team, they want it bad, mate. You know, I, I can't express it enough. This is a team of people who aren't desperate to win. We're not going to desperate lengths, but desperately want to win it for each other. You know, and to me, that is the exact, that's the team I want to be a part of. You know, not just we celebrate, we move on. Like, I can't express what it would mean to all of us to win this. And I feel like I have one of the best teams behind me to go and get it done. So that's, that's our goal. That's our objective. Everyone's on board. We're going to execute on Sunday from, you know, from driving, from the team side, all the mechanics, the engineers. We're just... We're going to go and have a great day and we're going to talk it into existence one way or another. Absolutely. Well, uh, with that being said, we will let you two guys go. The Jack Harvey, the driver of the number 60 audio, audio nation, Sirius XM Honda and uh, Mike Shank, the co-owner of both Auto Nation, Sirius XM Hondas, both Jack Harvey's on the number 60 and Elio Castro Neves on the 06 car. Elio starts on Sunday from the middle of row three in the eighth spot and Jack is in the middle of row seven. Um, you can catch 
this weekend's Indy 500. Um, I, I believe live coverage on NBC begins at 11 a.m. Um, with a green flag planned for 12:45. Best of luck to you both, uh, Jack you. and Mike, and thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. Thanks, thanks very much for having. Me. Thanks, man. Bye. Thanks for you guys all listening to this week's edition of IndyCar Weekly. Tune back next week as we uh, have a chance to recap everything that happened in the 105th running of the Indianapolis 500.